as my <laughs> husband would attest to and detest because he's very the opposite and he's everything in its space and he's got quite a level of OCD himself in feeling calm and not stressed so that's something we've had to work on in our marriage as we've met in the middle but I still would say that, that neither of us particularly were minimalists in my traditional view of what that meant until you really introduced me I think to the minimalists and I watched the first film and exactly like you said it really changed my perception of what that word meant and from it being um, something that I just thought was really not achievable or was only achievable if you had a specific lifestyle and no children um, <laughs> to being something that actually was more it was just really well intentioned it was keeping things that mean something or keeping something that's really functional and it having a purpose and so it then came to mean to me just not having all the gumph and stuff that you just never use and and that is the way that we have lived our lives since being married and now live our lives through having children so yeah it's transformed into something really beautiful when I had quite a bad idea of what minimalism would be yeah I, I probably had exactly the same and I I am not at all the typical minimalist aesthetic at all i don't like mm -hmm. just like the cold white blank at all no. um, i love all the cozy things yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah i think the big thing for me was looking at it as it's it's not about the stuff it's actually not about the stuff at all no. um it's about the time that you lose mm -hmm. investing in stuff so it's not just that i don't know if that piece of furniture costs you money mm -hmm. you also have to clean it it also takes up mental visual space in mm. that times of clutter you're also then probably going to feel like you need to fill it with stuff which again you need to buy wash care for um and actually none of that is really about the thing itself it's about valuing your own time your mm. own space the calm um and yeah that's been a real game changer for me so we still have a lot of stuff but i would say that over the years it's much more curated yes. so much more intentional it's just much more on purpose isn't it it is yeah yeah I um, I, a lot of people really query minimalism with children and say oh well, that's not fair your children should have toys like they, they, they need lots of stuff mm. my children still have plenty of toys mm -hmm. um but we we do a we do we regularly go through and see if there's anything else that we don't need or mm. that we've kind of grown out of and that's something part of that for me is easier because we try as much as possible to buy second hand so mm -hmm. that you're not thinking oh well I spent a hundred pounds on this dollar and I'm going to get away get rid of it for nothing yeah. um we do we pick up lots of things for free and then when they're done with them we pass them on for free um so it helps to be slightly less invested in them I think yeah but but we do a toy rotation um which I'd heard about years ago and always loved the idea of but never actually did but in the house we're in now we have a spare cupboard so the spare <laughs> cupboard now houses a lot of the toys um and we rotate those out and it is magical how much better children play when they've got less things yeah, because definitely. and same with us when, when your when your bookshelf is overflowing and i should say this i'm an absolute bibliotech i was so just about to say hold on hold I, on I hold not, off I'm the books the <laughs> i'm not the person who says you should only own 10 books you should have all the books all the books but you, should, you should only have all the books that you love yes so if you pick the book up and you're going to read it again or you're going to pass it on to a friend or it just makes you happy because I've got some poetry books in there that I might not ever read but just the covers make me happy yeah. then that's fine but 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 not have the the 20 books on there that are about a subject that you wish you learned about but you know you're never going to and they just make you feel bad mm -hmm. those are the things that need culling I think well I think this is where these sort of things it's a bit we always go back to the analogy of unraveling a jumper don't we once you start pulling at it it's all it always goes back to kind of being mindful with your life and as the older we've got and through motherhood 
becoming mindful of the things exactly like you said the things that create your energy or put positivity into your life or the things that you surround yourself with you become the things you surround yourself with and so on the one hand having a much more minimalist and cleaner tidier cleaner maybe not the right word but you know tidier <laughs> created house um soothes the mind like you said and that becomes so much more important when life does become busier or because become become more chaotic all the older that you get and you realize that you can't you want to live aligned with the things that make you feel good it naturally and mindfully flows into a, a a bigger state of intentional living and minimalism really does go hand in hand I think with a lot of those thoughts I was gonna say I can hear now lots of people ringing being like no my house has millions of things in it and I love them all and I totally totally <laughs> but that's the point isn't it they love it all and they love that and I'm also the type of person that and it drives again my husband mad because it can be a complete bombsite but I know where everything is no I don't mean a bombsite but you know we're having lots of stuff and I know exactly where everything is and which drawer and everything like that and and that's the way that makes me feel more comfortable whereas he needs it in another specific way so it's got quite a lot of definitions and a lot of bendy room in there as well I think. it has and as always it's we're talking about what works for us totally. in a massive topic and yeah there are people who they don't own any books and that works for them and there are people who have massive libraries and we're somewhere in the middle probably yeah. leaning towards libraries <laughs> but I, and i but i would still say that we still absolutely follow a minimalist a much more minimalist lifestyle in the sense that we don't have lots of things that we don't know what it is it's not really messy full of things that have no purpose everything we have is there now for a reason whether it's loved or used often or it's just really functional it is i mean part of that i think is not wanting to just kind of fall into the consumer trap of Mm. wanting bigger newer better um the the environmental aspect of wanting to take care of what you have so we do I seem to spend an awful lot of time at the minute. It must be the time of year. I just spend a lot of time fixing clothes rather than just buying new clothes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which, which, I mean, it is, it's obviously cost saving, but it's also better for the planet. But it also just, it just feels better because mm. if you, when you, and obviously my kids have lots of clothes, they ha- they do still have clothes that they don't wear because yeah. they might have a party dress. They only wear for parties, which haven't happened at all this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just, I think there's something about when you have more heavily curated the things that you own, you value them so much better. Mm-hmm. You take better care of them. Yeah. Whereas if you have a cupboard full of clothes that you never wear, in fact, I'm going to backtrack. That's one of the things, that's how I got into minimalism. <laughs> that yeah. was one of my entryways. Um, have you heard of the, I think it's a 30 day challenge or three, three, three. Yes, this was out, was it a year or two ago? It was a really big thing in the media, I think, wasn't it? It was, and so so I did it a few years before that. But yeah, you're right, I had a massive wave, um, probably around the Marie Kondo time. Mm. Um, and that was one of my things, as I was that person who had a cupboard full of clothes that didn't fit me. Mm-hmm. Or that, that I, I, I would say, I haven't got any clothes that fit me, I haven't got anything that I like, and I would have a massive wardrobe stuffed full of clothes, and mm. I would wear the same few things. So I did that challenge where, yeah, I guess... Do you choose 33 things for 33 days? I think so, Something like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> like a capsule wardrobe, wasn't it? Yeah, but essentially you pull out kind of a capsule wardrobe of, of main things you're going to wear. And that just taught me, first of all, you don't need that many clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it also taught me about what I was comfortable in, what felt good to me. And the biggest thing for me was getting rid of all those clothes that I didn't wear Again, it's not about the stuff. It wasn't about the clothes. It was about the mental clutter that came with it. It was about the clothes that I held on to because somebody had bought me that and that was important. But that person was probably never going to see them. That person would probably rather I felt better getting rid of something I was never going to wear than holding on to it and feeling bad about mm-hmm. it. Or the clothes that fit my pre-baby body, which don't look the same on me now, no matter how healthy or fit I managed to get. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, was, it was the mental load around it. And so, yeah, so just a small example with the clothes. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that that explains all of it really. That it's it's not yeah, it's not about the stuff. It's, it's about, about space and, and the way it makes you feel. I think as well, and this is the thing. So like like you said, right now we get most of our things from charity shops or second hand or hand me downs, and they're all really lovely quality things. It's not that we don't value the quality of things either or similar to you we mend and make do and again that actually reels back into life skills because now erin has a real passion for sewing up the little holes and things like that so she's learning so much through through doing that and for for keeping things going making do with things not only like you said has an environmental impact but on the other hand of that that's not all we do so it's also if you do find something that you absolutely fall in love with that costs a little bit more or you would rather have a brand new something than a second hand something it's it's the intention behind it all it's it's not actually like you said it's not the value of the thing or even the thing itself it's the intention of why you are doing it whether that falls in line with your your values or your lifestyle or and still purchasing the things that you absolutely really and like you said books for me it's books for me like my (laughs) bookshelves are heaving with books and pre-understanding minimalism I'd have been like no I don't want to just pick my favorite three but now it's a choice now we have make space and have that and something else has to go in order for that to take up that space in the home um and it, it just really all comes back to intentions doesn't it and how things make you feel it does and because it yeah again with minimalism isn't just about the things mm-hmm. it's it's about curating your life as well and all the different things you know, what are you listening to mm-hmm. what are you feeding your soul with like, mm-hmm. what are you exposed to what's do you wake up and instantly look at the news or social media or do you choose to wake up and find something else that feels good to you and that's how you start your day so it's yeah it's not just about the physical things it's about the experiences that you invite into your life as well mm-hmm. um and so yeah in the same way that you would absolutely still buy some brand new things we do yeah um and I wouldn't change that that's the right balance for us but in the same way that when I say, well, do you really, do you really want that dolly? Is that, is, is that specific dolly from that shop, the one that you absolutely adore? Yeah. And if she comes back and the answer is still yes. And a few days later, she still is like, I, I just, I would play with it so much. And I want mm. it for these reasons. Then we go and buy her the new dolly from the shop, even though it's plastic and we could have got it somewhere else. Yeah. So we still absolutely do that. Yeah. And she hasn't, put, she hasn't put the dolly down to be fair. It was, it was a correct choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we talk about that together. So it's that intentionality. Yeah. And we talk about it in the same way with experiences. So if you're invited to a birthday party, it's not just an instant, yes, fill my calendar up with all these things that I've got to do. So I'm so busy that I don't feel like I ever get to do things I really want to do. It's a conversation of, well, how much do you want to do that? How Mm -hmm. does that balance with, well, if you don't go, if you do go to that birthday party, you won't be able to go swimming that weekend. Mm -hmm. And how will that feel? And what about everybody else's needs? It's the balancing as well. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think, like you say, everybody just just associates minimalism with stuff and chucking stuff out and it isn't it's a real curation of everything that you have in your life you can literally apply it to everything to mindset and the way you think and your thoughts but also how busy you are and the things that you choose to say yes to I think that's a really big thing about what you say you know yes to one thing is a no to something else or a no to yourself um for other things it isn't just the stuff no it's life life it is life um, but they're a great place to start I think aren't they for for an initi- initiation into that way of thinking of the minimalism it is I think it's quite common as well that you start with minimalism looking at the stuff mm-hmm. and then that ripples out into your whole life mm-hmm. and intentional living and your daily rhythms and the things that you expose yourself to and what kind of media you take in and it, I think it's quite a common progression that people start off with the stuff yeah um, and then because that creates physical and mental space Mm -hmm. 
you just realize all the other areas that you can apply that same kind of intentional living approach Mm. to and you know sometimes that really takes time as well because I was going to go on to say what you know really intentional living what that means to you and I think we've already really said that it's about surrounding yourself with the things that that coordinate with your values and make you feel good but that can take time because you know that can be clouded crowded out a lot of the time with the stuff with mental stuff and with physical things um so that once you've cleared that space it can leave quite a big space for oh my goodness like what what it really can lead down into a bit of a great exploration into what it is that you want in life and what it is that you value and that's such an amazing point to get to where you can then rebuild into the space that you've created or not rebuild anything at all leave that space whether that's physical or in your life um but it is definitely sort of the gateway into such a different way of thinking and a different way of life as well which is which is great it is it's opening up that and we've talked about creating the space to be able to hear your authentic self Mm -hmm. you can't do that when you're busy 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 you have to create the space and it is it's a process and it's i think it's ever evolving as well because Mm -hmm. i think again with the kind of the the seasonal living there are seasons when we're busier when our calendars automatically fill up and you go okay you get to a point you start feeling a bit more burnt out there's a bit less time for you and for Mm -hmm. the things you value and then you strip it back again and I think it's very natural because we are so heavily marketed to (laughs) that we need to be busy and doing all the things and buying all the things that it's I think it's a constant fight to work against that. It is. It's another thing for stepping off the mainstream path and the, the natural rat race that we're kind of embedded into from an early age, isn't it? It's another kind of two fingers up to the man in a, in a way to start thinking about what it is rather than just being, just taking on what we're sold all the time. It is. It's a process. Yeah, but I definitely think that, I think the, for us it led on to, I, even though I consider myself part of my kind of... <laughs> my picture is is minimalist mm-hmm. i would i would definitely identify more now with kind of slow and intentional kind of seasonal living definitely and that leads us on to uh the beautiful podcast um the slow home podcast isn't it and i think that's another place that we've been both of us have, have you been listening for years as well i think both of us have been kind of listening yeah following their adventures for a while well, way back when and, and again life for them as in brooke mccallery is uh, the lady and her husband that run i think they do it together now don't they yeah brooke, brooke and ben mccallery that run it together but it did start off with um brooke herself i think she started off writing a blog about her life and her experiences going into motherhood and mental health and things which to- then turned into curating that slow living life in a way i think to save her save herself save her sanity save the way that their life was going and again i think that's a beautiful illustration of what this sort of living and mindfulness does for everything both physically and emotionally um but that was a really great introduction to the concept of slow living and a seasonal life is through her podcast so we'll link that again in the show notes at the end yeah, definitely recommend and just yeah, go back to the beginning and listen all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, they they have just restarted. They took a break um during the pandemic mm-hmm. and they've just they've just started back. So there will be kind of new season stuff, but yeah, I totally recommend going back to the beginning and listening all the way through. Um just to see the have... journey arc is amazing and it gives you so much confidence and food for thought that we can create anything that we want to in our lives, just just hearing somebody else's story go through all the highs uh, and the lows as well. Yeah, and, and they're very honest. Um, mm. Brooke's very honest about her mental health challenges. That's why they took the big break until recently, why mm. they've just come back, because it was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both lived the very typical life beforehand, and they're very they're very honest. Their kids go to school, other than when they were travelling for her book tours and things. Mm-hmm. So it's 
it's a lovely balanced exploration yes and she's written two books now as well hasn't she that both we've read both of those she has so she she has destination simple um, mm. which is a little lovely small book which i think makes a really lovely gift because it's very easy reading it's very small very simple yes um, haha, <laughs> um and then her second book slow which is brilliant and i think she's just about to release a new one which Ooh. is what she's been throwing herself into um so yeah wait out for a review on that one coming up i think but i think also a lot of people again maybe not understand what slow living means like like i had a different definition of what minimalism was before i was exposed to it a little bit more and i think maybe a lot of people's opinions are that slow living is is boring or that it's sort of taking yourself away from the things that you love or away from society or something older people do you know in that more staid life but it really for me was is actually the opposite very much a lead on from minimalism and intentional living is just that concept of slowing down enough to hear what it is that you actually want to do and then be able to do that with those members that are close to you in your family and then all together start actually writing your own life and your own story and creating the things happening and surrounding yourself with the things that make you feel good and and when they don't make you feel good anymore to have the bravery and the courage to change your rituals and your rhythms um but it's it really is a concept that's full of thought and being aware of the things that you want i think and so it is and sorry you go. So, no, so i was just going to say so slow living to me is not not doing anything it's not sitting it's not laziness it's not sitting around and just having nothing to do unless that's what you want that moment to be but it's about again it's curation isn't it it's about creating and not being told what to do not just following along blindly not just obedience to what's been done before it's slowing down enough that you can choose you know it might we we are really active in nature family so i think to a few people slow living might mean you never go out you never do anything but it's the opposite it's choosing to honor what our bodies feel like what we're in need of if we're really bored having been in for a long time because that's what we needed at the start we can go out and climb the nearest mountain or go rock climbing or you know to do whatever we want it's definitely not boring no absolutely yeah that's just what i'm gonna say is that it's not yeah, the slow is perhaps misleading mm. because, well, I mean, who has children and life actually yeah. feels slow? <laughs> it's not a thing, no. it's fast. <laughs> um, but it's absolutely that. It's the it's the choosing, the, the focusing mm. on, and again, it's getting to know yourself better, I think, and your family and working out, well, what are the things that really light you up? Mm. And let's, let's make space for those. And that might mean taking away some things that other people think are important. Mm-hmm. Um it might mean, yeah, a balancing act between being like, well, no, you can't do all these extracurricular activities mm-hmm. because you're going to do them all averagely because you're going to be too tired. You're not going to have enough space for them. Yeah. So let's work, let's work out what really lights you up. Let's work out what really feels good for everybody. Yeah. And then let's prioritize that. And yeah, for some people that is, yeah, spending a whole day inside under the duvet. Yeah. doesn't happen for us. For, but for <laughs> us, it's the... In my dreams. We, yeah, I know. <laughs> One day. Um but, it, but it's weaving those things in as well. So this is, this is one of the things that um, I'm just flicking through um, Brooke's book, Destination Simple. And kind of her things are, none of this is slow. It's talking about honing your rhythm so that mm-hmm. you start and end your day in a way that feels good to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's talking about unplugging. So you might be someone who absolutely loves media. Yeah. So then that's your thing. That's fine. We're not saying... 
yeah. you you have to go and live in a cave. But so I was just about to point that in, saying I think also this is not like you don't have to really want to live on a homestead and raise you know have chickens and live off grid and with no technology. And I think she says that quite a few times through her books. This is not just for people who want to have that specific lifestyle. Although that's the one I would like. Please, thank you very much. But <laughs> you know, this is city living urban dwellers. You know, city people that love the bright lights and the fast pace. It's not. It's not necessarily about not it's not the not doing and the not enjoying it it's choosing to just do those things and fit that into that life and also i think there can be a bit of a sense of oh well it's all right for some or i could do that if i earned this much money or i could do that if i was in this situation and it's a bit like um i was gonna say like in previous episodes but it doesn't matter if you've not heard those things you know it's not it's about taking uh, responsibility for the things that you have in your life and choosing those things and you can do that no matter what your situation is or how much money you have or what your work circumstance is it's about changing the things that you can in order to make yourself happy and I, so I think like you said it's the slow living term it may, is maybe a bit deceptive because it doesn't have to be slow at all it's choosing the things that make you feel fulfilled and feel happy it is yeah and as, yeah so I think the you're quite right it's not that your life needs to be perfect um it's almost the opposite i think it's just as she suddenly talks about kind of gratitude and noticing mm. um i think the practice of gratitude is one of the big things that i picked up when i was first exposed to this um which has been a complete game changer so you can be having the worst day in the world and it doesn't mean that your day is good but there will still be good things to notice mm. in that day mm. and getting into the practice of noticing the good things literally retrains your mind to notice more good things mm-hmm. um and so yeah same with the kind of unplugging not at all saying you shouldn't be having a friday night movie um or being on tech all day long if that's your thing mm. but if you're doing that with intention mm-hmm. it's taking control of your life i think so you're because because again we forget this just how much money people make off telling us what we should be doing or what we should be interested or what should be important to us Mm. and it's creating the space for you to choose and actually if that's that you want to watch 24-hour movies that's fine but choose your movies don't watch the movies because so-and-so said they're cool when actually you watch it thinking it's rubbish yeah absolutely i think it's choosing to be in your life rather than 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 just being led along um by the nose as it were um and i think that's really impacted by the seasons isn't it you've mentioned quite a few times before about how being in yorkshire really helped you um appreciate that different changes in season and I think that's what the slow living movement really helps you do is to notice the things that are around you a lot more and how we maybe were made to be before the kind of society that we're in now and how our bodies still really and our minds still really crave that simplicity because we are animals at the core of everything um, and we have been you know we're created alongside all the things that are around us um, and it really, the slow living movement really gets you back in tune with that seasonal life as well. It does. I think with the seasons, literally the physical seasons around us, wherever you live in the world, mm. um, and that doesn't mean that you have to be someone who's outside doing nature study every day. That can be on your two-minute bit where you'll kind of get out your car and you're walking to your office that you just mm. notice that the tree is in flower right now. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, doesn't need to be these big life-altering things. It's just little moments. But also, yeah, the seasons seasons of of our own life if you're a woman your cycle honoring that cycle your different the different energies that you have Mm. um and instead of the artificial light busy 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 which is how we're told we need to be being like you know what today i feel absolutely exhausted 
I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do anything on my to-do list today. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw the to-do list for today. And tomorrow I'll probably feel far more energized and I will go with it. Mm-hmm. Or to, today I had, I planned all these things and, oh, it's a beautiful day. We just, we just, what we want to do is just go and sit out in the sunshine and mm-hmm. honoring that. And honestly, it's, it's, it's not anti-productivity because I'm still somebody who likes to be productive. I love a ticking, ticking things off my list. Um, but it's, it's honouring your natural ways of being because absolutely we weren't meant to. We were supposed to rest more in the winter mm-hmm. and be more sociable and busy and productive in the summer when there's more daylight. And it's just, we don't need to go back to living in a cave to replicate that, yeah. but it's just taking some time to notice those rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we don't, that's what leads to burnout. That's that's why there are such mental health issues mm-hmm. now because we don't take the time to slow down and honour what our bodies and our minds need. Well, I think you can absolutely marry all the positive things that our society does have and top net technological advance- advancement and all the privilege and beautiful things we have access to now. You can take that and totally interweave it with a lot of more ancient, um, older concepts. And I think that it maybe is what we're trying to do in this whole reweaving and getting there is to just to marry all the things that we have available to us into something that makes us be in our lives on a daily basis and not always thinking about the future or ruminating on the past you know all of these things kind of all weave into the same place of listening to ourselves and living a life that you'll be that you'll be pleased that you did <laughs> you know regardless of all the things that you can't have influence over that externally affect you but the, the things that you do have control of we really do have control over making those things that making them things that bring good things to ourselves yeah, absolutely. Oh, does Brooke say anything? Are there any other bits in Brooke's um, book notes there that she talks about rituals and rhythms, doesn't she? And that and gratitude. Um, is that? I think that's most of what what she puts in there, doesn't she? There is. So there is loads. There's loads about mindfulness, which we almost need to do a separate session mm. on. I think because it's just huge. Um, and yeah, there are lots of practical steps. I think there are two things I'm just flicking through. One of them is the, um, she talks so much about kind of this rhythm and the balance. And then she also, she has this term that I adore, which is tilting, yes. <laughs> which is basically throwing that out the window and, and saying, well, no yes, we want, we want the balance and whatever. But also, do you know what? There will be times in your life when, I don't know, the kids are sick, you're very stressed, it's something happening. Mm. And all of your rules that you had about, we need to move our bodies this much. We know this is what's good for us. There might be a few days where you just, you put cartoons on. Yeah. And you, and you eat junk and you throw all the things that normally work for you out the window yeah. because you're tilting into, well, in that case, survival. Um, and there might be times when there's a specific project on and that means that other things that you would normally value, mm-hmm. you kind of put down for a bit. And I think that's been a big thing for me because mm-hmm. I've always kind of thought, oh, well, if I'm not if I'm not writing at the minute, yes. that part of my persona that considers me to be a writer, yeah. that, that, does, that ceases to exist if I'm not writing. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually, if we, if we live like that it's impossible to do everything perfectly. So just, I love her concept of tilting, of saying, well, okay, maybe maybe I still love all these different things, but I can put that down for a bit and come back to it. doesn't mean it's, it ceases to exist. doesn't mean it's not important, um, but there will be seasons of life where we tilt into certain things. I think, mm, I think young great... parenthood, you're tilting into parenthood. Yeah, totally. And, I think <laughs> and a lot of your other things might go out the window, but for a bit, you're just for putting a bit. them to rest. And it takes perfectionism out of the picture as well, which is something we all get so caught up on often and in very specific ways like success and the perfect piece of work or anything like that but also on a, it takes a stressor off us to try and to have that perfect daily life and when things don't meet our expectations and I love that concept of tilting that it never it's never 
a real thing you know it's very rare that a seesaw is perfectly balanced you know it is constantly just that tilting in order to make things be met so that life has has more overall balance and I think that really did change my view on life when I read that part of her book um that it's not saying that you can't have it all and things can't feel really good but it, it but all it doesn't always have to be all at once and it really took the pressure off me and then allowed me to breathe a lot more to be able to say I can let this thing go for now and it will come back that it's not an all or nothing thing it's not forever it's all seasonal it's all cyclical cyclical and that tilting seesaw really helps to just take the pressure off a little bit it does and we don't need any more pressure we need less less pressure pressure. and i think we'll come back and do maybe the next episode you know talk about more seasonal things and cycles how many different cycles there are in our world and in our lives and how honoring those things and not pushing through all the time um is another great way towards having a more fulfilling wholesome full (laughs) life yeah i think that's pretty yeah we'll probably wrap up yeah. Proper wrap up there for today. Yeah, we'll it was a bit of an introduction, and... but there is there are so many other paths there that that kind of weave into it all that we'll yeah, definitely we'll get dive come, into. come back through. So we'll pop those few that we've mentioned in this one at the show notes at the end, so you can have a deep dive yourselves. And as always, if you are following us along on Instagram and you have things that you want to say or questions for the future, please do pop them in there because we really want this to be a conversation between us all. Really. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Fantastic. Well, we'll be back to the next one then.